Good morning and welcome to today's podcast where we're talking to Jennifer Chapman from Just Commit Coaching. Jennifer has suffered some extreme personal challenges from the loss of her mother at a very young age to suffering a stroke at the young age of 34. As a former corporate sales person and athlete, Jennifer now works as a mastery method coach and helps women to redefine their purpose, regain confidence, and embrace the new version of themselves. Welcome, Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm so happy to have you here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me here. I appreciate it. And could you begin by maybe telling us where you are in the world and then tell us a little bit of your backstory, what led you to coaching? Yeah, so I am located in Indianapolis, Midwest, USA, born and raised and still still live here right, you know, currently with my husband and our only child, which is a chocolate lab named Serena. She's our pride and joy. So um, yeah, my path to coaching is um, quite personal, to be honest, and um, definitely why I do what I do today is the power that coaching had on me when I was in the midst of recovering from, you know, a a life-changing stroke five years ago. And um, I was, I was thriving in corporate sales at the time. So to have a stroke was um, obviously shocking to everyone around me being 34. And so after the first year of that physical recovery, uh, it was much more challenging for me to recover mentally and emotionally. And, and really processing it and understanding it and finding the purpose in it. So I hired a coach and she was a game changer for me and, and really believed in me before I believed in myself as far as uh, her telling me I was going to be a coach. So uh, when the world shut down two years ago, it really kind of gave me that opportunity to dig deep and dive deep into what this could potentially look like. And um, through working still full-time last year, I, I received my, my coaching certification and all the tools and resources that not only have helped me still continue to heal and recover, but also now to help serve others. Right. So it's, it's so unusual to be your story, just to have had a stroke at such a young age. Um, can you, if you feel comfortable sharing that story, um, you know, to maybe connect with a woman who may have gone through the same thing yeah so obviously before this happening you know for me and to me at 34 I didn't really know anybody that had had a stroke I mean I heard the word stroke and knew that it you know the cliche and thinking that it only happened to folks that are in their 70s and 80s but um really now surrounding myself with a you know, a huge community of stroke survivors out there. It can happen at, at any time, at any age, um, for a variety of reasons. And, um, you know, it's been five years and I honestly give myself credit for really never giving up on finding answers as to why. I mean, traditional medicine and you know, supported me when I needed it as far as, you know, okay, let's, let's roll out some things. Let's roll out what it could have been. Let's continue to find out what caused it. But then that was kind of it. And I wasn't really satisfied with that. So, um, I continue to still, you know, see functional medicine and, and 
they've gone a lot deeper as to what caused it and some other things, you know, within my overall health that I want to continue to know that, that has, that, that can improve, that there's opportunity there and not just be satisfied. Well, it, it, this is what it is. You're, this is what you have. And, you know, when it comes to headaches and things like that, and it's like, I don't want to take a pill for when I get a headache. I want to know what's causing headaches so I can potentially alleviate them right for my life, not just take a prescription for when I get one. Yeah, for sure. Did I answer your question? Yes, you definitely did. Um, So how were you able, I'm curious about your recovery process because um, I think when you hear the word stroke, it can be a very scary thing and you assume that you're not going to recover Mm. anywhere near 100% physically. So what was the process for you in order to try to get yourself back to some kind of baseline? Yeah, so I was in um, I was in acute rehab for ten days after a week in the hospital, and then about four months of outpatient therapy after that. But truly, it's not just what you're doing in those therapy sessions, right? It's it's the continued work that I wanted to do for myself every day, and I think, you know, being a, a former athlete and a, always a competitive person helped me thrive in that physical realm, right? Of never wanting to, I always wanted to be a little bit better than I was the day before in therapy. I don't think I had processed like how, how far, you know, I had to come, how far I had to go to get there. I didn't, I didn't see it that way, but um, yeah, it's, I just unfortunately see lots of stroke survivors out there that um, don't give it their all. They don't want to nor do they have the support to kind of help motivate them. But ultimately it's that, that, that inner will and inner drive to know that improvement's always possible. And I just believe that. Sure. So when I was reading through your bio and, and kind of going for your website, you mentioned that the work you're doing now, you feel really honors your mother. Um, so I wanted to ask you about that. And is there like maybe how, how the work you're doing honors your mom and also any maybe special moments during coaching where you felt a particular connection to your mother? Mm. Yeah. So I, you know, I actually was having a conversation with a friend this morning over coffee about this, um, because she and I share that unfortunate, um, Mm. commonality where we lost our moms at a very young age. And it really, honestly, Carrie, didn't come full circle for me until I had my stroke at 34, which was the same age she was when she passed. Mm. I just knew I was 11 and it was a tragic, sudden loss um, at 11. And no, she didn't pass from a stroke, but it was very within 48 hours of her becoming ill that she passed. I mean, Mm. there was no time to process. So um, through, honestly, through during the, the, the work with my coach to understand that, okay, I survived something massive at 34, yeah. right? And she didn't. And so it's now my privilege and honor to bring her alongside with me as I, as I help others that are overcoming things such as grief and loss and trauma and understanding that I was grieving this old version of myself, just like I was grieving the loss of my mom. Um, And so I will share with you that 
through my coaching certification program last year and doing a coaching session with one of the coaches that uh, during session, I could physically see her and feel her and have a conversation oh. with her. And I, yes, I've had dreams about her before and, you know, but it, I haven't had a moment like that. So that's, that was very, that's so affirming. amazing, special. Yeah. Thank you. Ooh, I love that. Ooh, give me chills. Um, so that's great. You're able to kind of, I like that you said that uh, you're able to allow her to kind of walk beside you with this, mm -hmm. which obviously she's doing. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk about who you work with today. You obviously are able to offer um, help that you could, that really, um, you know, comes from your own experience to women who are experiencing some kind of trauma, whether it's physical or otherwise, because you also suffered the loss of your mom. That's a trauma in and of itself, but then to have such a huge physical um, circumstance in your life and experience in your life, I'm sure that that has led women, specific women to you. Who would you say are your clients? You know, it's interesting the more I've put my message and my story out there over the last couple of years, the women that I've connected with most are not necessarily stroke survivors by any mm -hmm. means. I mean, yes, I've had conversations with them, but you know, it's those high achieving women, you know, that are in a, that have a, you know, a career also have a spouse and have the kids and have from what on the outside looks like a really great situation, but they're, they don't feel fulfilled in some capacity, Yeah, but they're missing something. And I, I believe they just not only want to, um, you know, feel seen and heard by that and that it's okay to feel that way, but to be able to somehow provide them that tap into their own courage that they still have the opportunity and time to find what their true passion is, what their purpose is, what they're meant to do in this life that they have. So those are the women that also they're still, they're trying to thrive on a professional level, but personally something is, you know, they're going through life in some capacity and they maybe don't have that support at, at their company or work. Um, or they may not have that support at home, but that they need someone to help them, uh, you know, talk through this, walk through this and, and be able to see what's on that other side of what could be, you know, a situation, a, a trying challenge right now in their life. Sure. It's funny. I've been making note over the course of all of these interviews, common themes that come up that I'm hearing, particularly from coaches. And that's one of them, that there are so many women who are high achieving that, yeah, it looks like a picture perfect life, but it's, you said, feeling unfulfilled. And that's exactly what I keep hearing. It's almost like a phenomenon now. Yeah, I think I, I would believe that, co you know, these last two years had kind of a lot to do with it, with potentially this awakening of like, mm -hmm. is this it? Mm -hmm. Surely this can't be it, you know, but right. what do I, what do I do? What's that first step that I take? So that it's having conversations with those to help support them and uh, maybe give them, giving them that, that nudge that they were looking for. Right. Sometimes they, um, someone just needs permission, right? They yes. know what they want to do, but they just need to hear that. 
yes. someone outside, someone objective. Yeah. So if you started working with someone who is experiencing that sense of fulfillment, what does coaching look like with you? Um, so say I was that woman and I were to start working with you, what would that look like? Yeah. I mean, within that first, I like to offer like a discovery call or that clarity session to really help provide value within that first session to give them a little taste of, um, okay, what, where are you wanting to go? Where do you see yourself? And if you, if it could be that ideal situation in the next three, six, 12 months, paint that picture, make it vivid make it specific and detailed. And then where let's establish your baseline. Where are you now? And then seeing what has gotten in your way in the past. And let's identify those blocks that have gotten in your way. But from my learnings and my own work, if the blocks aren't in the way, they are the way. Yeah. So just kind of identifying what those have been for you in the past and to know that with, with you doing the work, you can, you can reprogram yourself to be able to, to shift or pivot and, and those no longer be that block for you, but your key to freedom. Sure. So the next couple questions are those um, questions I like to ask everyone because I think it's just interesting for other women who are maybe taking a walk and listening to these podcasts particularly if they're entrepreneurs. So the first one is really kind of an entrepreneurial question, but a day in the life, what does a typical, I know that there isn't, you know, a standard day or whatever, but what would um, a typical day during the week look like for you? Any particular routines or rituals that you kind of abide by? I will say the one that I love, I used to not love waking up early because it felt mm-hmm. like I had to do it for work, right? I always had to set that alarm and, and, you know, being in corporate, but now it's, I enjoy that first hour in the morning, um, before the, you know, the husband and the dog and, you know, all the external things are kind of, you know, happening where I just take that, that time, a non-negotiable for me is meditation. Um, it's been a true, um, teaching for me in a way to, you know, be in the present and get calm and, um, yeah, start the day off. Right. I movement is key for me, whether it's Pilates, Pilates has been a really great, I love Pilates. Do you, I do. It's been a great, um, therapy for me, honestly, from a physical standpoint in recovery, because before the stroke, I did a lot of boot camp intense mm-hmm. sweat through my clothes type of workout and now my body doesn't allow for that and it's mm-hmm. it's finding it you know being okay with that and knowing what pilates has done for me physically mentally emotionally spiritually socially um being out you know being outside in some capacity listening to a podcast or an, or a book an audible book um for at least you know 30 minutes and it's always nice to be able to walk and do that at the same time or if I'm driving somewhere listen to something so mm-hmm. just those things and and I my husband does a better job of of it than I do and he's he's not necessarily an entrepreneur but a really great leader in the sense of of setting his day up and just mm-hmm. kind of writing down you know those to-dos yeah I do a better job of 
maybe not writing down all of those, but acknowledging what I did accomplish at the end of the day versus an an old way of thinking for me would have been like beating myself up for what I didn't get done. Mm -hmm. So always finding this, celebrating the small wins is a huge, those are the, this, the small wins are the, are the big things in life, you know, finding gratitude in the small things are the, are become the big things in life. Yeah. Yeah. I like to, to hear these days to see how similar they are to mine. And I have a lot of the same practices that you do. Love that. 30 minutes listening to the podcast. I'm still working on the meditation. That's the one okay. I'm going to nail down, but everything else is very similar. Okay. So you were in corporate sales. So what you're doing now, do you feel like it's just a completely different world or have any of those skills transferred over to your coaching? Do you think? Mm, great question. The, the biggest for me, and it's become, it's a core value for me at this point, but the strength that I know I've always had is connection and relationship building. So that is completely transferable when it came to building relationships with, you know, buyers and these accounts and potentially I, it was finding a way to not only connect with them, but building that trust. They had to trust me before they were buying anything I was going to sell them. Mm-hmm. And so in this, it's similar yet different in the, in the sense that I am selling myself. I am my brand and it is still building authentic connection with people and then mm-hmm. getting to know me and trust me um, yeah. and not for the services I'm offering, but for who I am as a person. Yeah, I like to think that, and as I hear the answers to these questions, um, you know, sometimes women will look at their former life and think, but I trained for all that. I put so much into that. And to make that shift, that's part of what blocks women, I think, from from making that change, because it almost Mm -hmm. feels like you're giving something up or you did all of this for nothing, when in fact, that experience makes you so much better at what you're doing later. Like you have to have had that experience to yeah. get where you are. Yeah. I agree. Um, and this is another question that I love. So it's two pronged. The first part is what has been your greatest challenge other than um, the huge challenges, the two that we talked about, your greatest challenge leading you to where you are now in your work. And then on the flip side of that, what has been your greatest joy? Mm. Such a great question, Carrie. <laughs> Um, transparently, my greatest challenge as a newer entrepreneur is getting in my own way, Mm. you know, with regards to, you know, we do a lot of work. I'm still in my coaching community and and love the support that I receive there from women that are, we're all in similar positions and navigating this path. Um, but always making sure I'm not tying my worth to what, you know, what I do, who I serve, um, the services I offer. And it's knowing that I am good enough. I am enough. I'm worth it. Um, So it's those daily dialogues that I have with myself and the challenges, you know, it's an, it's an ebb and flow. It's a roller coaster ride. And some days it can be more extreme than others, but it's, Mm -hmm. um, And I, I, you know, one thing I'll share is knowing, you know, you've heard the phrase, it's okay to not be okay. Yes. 
but I would add it's not okay to stay not okay. Uh, I love that. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, joy for me is um, acknowledging myself for, for what I, you know, that resilience piece, how I get back up the next day. I can have a day where it can be challenging mm-hmm. or hard, um, but it's being able to bounce back and, yeah. and knowing like, I'm, you know, even as a simple conversation with someone um, that can shift your whole day. And that, that, that brings me joy and being able to sit and acknowledge and celebrate myself um, for just who I am is, yeah, brings me peace. Yeah, absolutely. So the last question I have, well, I have two questions, but I do want to ask this one. Um, I kind of added one in here because I'm just interested to know. Let me ask this one first. So where would you like to see your work five years from now? What do you imagine? Do you think you'll still be doing the same thing or will you do imagine any pivots happening? You know, I do see myself doing the same thing in in some capacity. Um, Right now, I'm really seeing the opportunity to simply share my story and speak it on a larger scale mm-hmm. than this the local um like networking groups and and women's events and things we we have such a fantastic community here in indianapolis so i'm thankful for that but the more i put my story out there the more people i feel like it's applicable to so many there's yes. so many layers to it mm-hmm. um so yeah i definitely see sharing the biggest thing for me is helping people with something they can control, which is their mindset, yeah. you know, and, and, and not, and going from a victim mentality, which I see so many people either do, or they've done. And I, I've done that in corporate sales to what does it mean to, to adapt a warrior mindset, yeah. you know, growth, a growth, the growth mentality. So that yeah. message, I want to be loud and clear. And I would think, you know, some of, you said you were an athlete and those skills transfer over too. I mean, talk about like the type of work you did there physically transferring over to help someone develop a warrior mindset. That's huge. It's huge. And I think the the big takeaway there, Carrie, is like, I'm competitive to a, a fault. It can be a strength and it can be, I don't even want to call it a weakness, but it can definitely, um, it, it hindered me, um, not necessarily as an athlete, maybe I, I didn't handle losing gracefully as <laughs> looking back, but, but also from a professional sales standpoint, like knowing the people around me weren't my competition, mm-hmm. the, the accounts, the other um, co- competitors out there weren't my competition. It was me. I yeah. was competing yeah. against myself. Yep. Yeah. Great. So my final question is, are there any books you might recommend to someone who is uh, maybe just recovering from some type of challenge, whether it's physical, whether it's um, like a sickness or um, a trauma or something that's trying, to, someone who's trying to kind of get back and reestablish their own baseline. Any books that helped you along the way? Um, well, I, I will say I'm a huge Mel Robbins fan. Uh, yeah, me too. You know, I mean, she's, she's, she's had her own struggles and challenges and I love reading and connecting with people that are the more public figures out there but share Mm -hmm. their stories so openly and rawly and didn't stay where they were right how do they get from from point a to point b and so she she provides some really great 
um, real no filter insight to absolutely that. yeah and she has a youtube channel and like you can you know listen as well i tend to listen every to day yeah yeah every day for sure. um, renee renee brown has been mm-hmm. uh, she's had her own trials and tribulations as well but um some really awesome insight jen's um sincero i love her. her i have all of her <laughs> she, i love her yeah like and I love those women because they just provide a real relatable perspective and a no mm-hmm. filter. Like here's how, that's how I like to hear it. Um, yeah. So those three stand out to me. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. So this has been a very informative and enjoyable interview. So thank you so much for being here with us today, but I do need to ask you where we can find you online. So our listeners can, can look you up. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Just Commit Coaching. And honestly, more than that, I'm on LinkedIn. And I, mm-hmm. I love sharing more content on there. Like I said, those those high achieving women are, um, they're there. People, and I, and I like the idea now of companies and businesses supporting their people with resources, you know, such as coaches to bring in and, and help their people on a more human level and emotional and mental level. So I'm on LinkedIn, find me on there and my website, justcommitcoaching.com. If you want to connect for, for a call, I would love that. Perfect. Well, thank you for joining us and I hope to connect with you again soon. Yeah, thanks Carrie so much. I wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about an app that I am loving. I use Audible nearly every day. I listen to Audible books while I am taking walks in the woods, while I'm working out at the gym, and even while I'm driving in the car. A few books that I'm reading right now simultaneously are North by Scott Jurek, which is a book about an ultra runner, and um, I'm reading it strictly for the story of his running the Appalachian Trail and overcoming different challenges. And I'm reading Why We Get Sick by Benjamin Bickman. There are so many books that I have lined up to read. In addition, as you've noticed in all of our podcasts, I ask every guest we have what books they would recommend based on the topic we're discussing. So I really wanted to partner with Audible and I'm so happy I'm able to, to offer you a free trial. So what is Audible? Well, Audible lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one place. You'll always find the best of what you love or something new to discover. It offers an incredible selection of audiobooks across every genre. I happen to love mysteries as well as self-help and motivation and memoirs. You can find a little of everything you love to read. You'll find exclusive Audible originals from top celebrities, renowned experts, and really just some exciting new voices in audio. So Audible also includes thousands of podcasts from popular favorites to exclusive new series. So as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including latest bestsellers and new releases. So with this trial, you can, as a new member, try Audible free, for 30 days. It is an amazing offer. All you have to do is go to the link that I have down in the show notes, www.audibletrial.com backslash read with Carrie, all one word, all lowercase letters. Okay. Thanks for listening in back to our podcast.